This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday, Alyssa. Happy Friday. Oh my God. We are being like assaulted by reality TV this week. There are so many shows. I legitimately had a day where I was like, I cannot speak to you after work. I need to watch four straight hours of reality TV. (laughs) And on top of that, we had a lot of big headlines like uh, Lala and Rand breaking up. But then they're back together now. And it was like fake. I don't know. It just seemed... Uh, it seemed a little too convenient for her to be having like a book signing at the Grove Barnes and Noble and for the show's first two episodes to not be getting the ratings that they wanted. And then all of a sudden this huge scandalous thing is happening. What's the latest on that? Do you know? I don't, I, I just think two things about it are curious to me. One is the like Randall was seen in a city with two girls that weren't la la. Yeah. And I'm sure there's so much more to it that makes it a lot more, you know, shady. But just that headline, I was like, well, that seems a little unfair. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Alyssa and Tony have hung out. Like if there was a headline that was like, Tony is spotted at Disneyland on Splash Mountain with girl that is not Taylor. Like, okay. But then (laughs) my bigger gripe with it is that video that she posted that like kind of sent everybody into the whole gossip rumor mill about it was her just walking down the hotel hallway at the Beverly Hills Hotel, like playing um, and not even a video of her walking. She's taking the video uh, playing Beyonce's sorry. And it's just a real, it's a real, um, to quote Potomac low budget shoot for me. It's just like not a quality video. It's not executed (laughs) in a great way. If you're going to do like a, I am breaking up with my Beyonce in a very public way. I feel like Lala could do better than that. And then to hear that it's potentially just a like press thing that it's just fake. I was like, okay, well, if it's fake, then you should have done much better than that. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. But I think uh, I think it's like TBD at the moment. I'm sure this will go on over and over and over again because he's not a trustworthy guy. And it just uh, it doesn't seem too far fetched for him to be doing this stuff. So no, no, it does not. Um, Wait, how fucking stoked are you about all of this basketball stuff on The Bachelorette? It's finally here. (laughs) 
I was kind of low on the bachelor franchise. As you know, we've talked about this a little bit. I was like, it's getting a little repetitive. It seems very like we predictable and we can see how the producers are manufacturing things. And I'm getting, it's a lot of time to commit to a show that you don't feel is fresh. And then mm-hmm. <laughs> legitimately all they had to do was get a woman to dribble a basketball. And I like <laughs> fucking lost my mind. Like every time there was, even the men playing basketball, normally we're like, mm, I don't know if they're that good. These guys are good because she's good. Like she can tell if they're bad. So nobody would come on the show and be like, yeah, I'm really good at basketball. And then have a horrible jump shot or something. I'm so pumped about it. The thing that I'm most excited about is that they're showing a desirable woman who plays sports that, and they're having guys who play sports be like, that's hot, which I fucking love. Like, that's like such a good message. I'm back on board. The bachelor is America's like teaching (laughs) mechanism. There's nothing wrong with the franchise. Don't ask any more questions. It is really great that I feel like in the super montages of the season, there seems to be fewer clips of her like running and jumping into guys' arms. And there's more clips of her like racing race cars and like on the basketball court and like being a badass. And I'm like, this is great. This is so much better than the like damsel in distress bullshit that we always do. Um, and speaking of uh, being a teaching tool, how many times can a guy be like, uh, actually my mom is a teacher, so <laughs> we should fuck. <laughs> I was like, everybody needs to rely. It was so, it got so annoying to me. I'm just like, actually, I've got a big confession to make. My mom is a teacher, so I'm a good person. I was like, this is getting, I'm very much getting over it, but yeah. she seems sort of into aspect- it. It's sort of like the polar opposite of that, of the basketball aspect for me. Cause it's like, I'm sure there's been quite a few teachers on the bachelor bachelorette. It's a very like endearing profession. It's nothing like there's no, there's no special connection happening unless you play basketball. Sorry to everyone. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> um, I am curious what you think about just generally the bachelor breaking the fourth wall and calling people out for like over preparing to try to like be a star on the show. Yeah. Ah, a great question. Cause I love breaking the fourth wall in these shows. I think like I've said on the pod that I appreciated in bachelor in paradise where they like acknowledge that they've all met before and like, right. don't talk to me like I'm an idiot, but this, this is, we see Tasha and Caitlin go into the rooms and then find these notes. It is so beyond uh having any integrity that I think it kind of uh sucks when they just decide to crucify certain people um because to me it reads as not oh these other guys are here in a real genuine way it means like hey everybody you better put your notes you better memorize them and like not bring them to the hotel (laughs) like you just have it's just telling people to be better at being fake and I think it's I think they do have to do some of it though. I think like I would rather have this, this kind of thing happen than not at all. And to keep up with the charade that this is just Mm -hmm. like a very real, like love contest. I don't even know what to say about it, but I don't know. It did feel, it feels so stupid when Michelle and the ladies and everybody is so shocked that this guy brought notes like this, right? It's like, come on, everybody's taking some sort of I, notes like Look, I'm not defending the guy because he didn't seem like a winner in any way. He seemed really nervous and sort of 
cocky and weird. And I don't think that they would have connected anyway, but I was a little bit like nothing that he wrote down is bad. Like, I don't Mm. see the problem. It's not fake. I mean, here's the thing. I also thought the excuse of like my friend's wife wrote notes on the show for me was a brilliant excuse because I could see a world where you don't watch the show religiously. You're overwhelmed. There's so many seasons of it. And the friend's wife is super excited to tell you exactly what to do on the show. And is like, I'm going to put together a little packet for you. Like, honestly, I might do that if one of our friends <laughs> went on the show, you know? And so I don't yeah. think it's like him being manipulative to be famous. It's just like, I'm really fucking nervous and I want to compete well. Yeah, I think you. that's a good point. And there's something to be said about you know, it was how to get a good edit. And one could look at that and be like, clearly you're just here to be a star and you're not looking for a fiance or a girlfriend or a wife or anything. But also, even if I was just there to try to find a husband, I would want a good edit. Like I'm a human being. (laughs) Like I would want to make sure I still wasn't the villain. And there's people who have just like accidentally gotten swept up in the villain edit and been like, God damn it. And might not have necessarily been there for the quote unquote wrong reasons. Um, at least at a hundred percent. So it is, yeah, it's not super vilifying to me to be like, how do you get, make sure that you have good screen time or you are are just like getting a good edit and like notes, like, Hey, don't be super aggressive. Like just try to relax and be easygoing. I'm like, I don't know. I would say that to Tony going into a job interview. I mean, like, yeah, absolutely. And also like, would you not say to your guy friend, like, do not get, if you get in a tiff with another guy, do not bring it to the bachelorette first. Like you will be eliminated. Like there's all kinds of tricks. If you watch the show enough that you're like, Every single time someone does this, it goes wrong for them. Don't do that. Now, the fact that like, I don't know, he they can't have their phones in their room. I'm just like mounting a full defense for this innocent man. (laughs) (laughs) They can't have their phones in their room. I think your point of like other guys probably had this as well. And they either had it on their phone and they didn't need to like review it while they were waiting to come out of quarantine um, is, is accurate. I just don't think it's like that big of a deal, but they're trying to make an example of people that this show is not for fame and it's just for love. And it's like, guys get real. Maybe, maybe do that when it's like the final 10 contestants, not the first night. Yeah, no, exactly. The weird making an example of him, I don't think is great. I will say the worst notes were the ones about him emulating past contestants. Like mm-hmm. that's no good. So there's something about, I'm not going to remember the name. Let's say Ben Jason. or something. Jason, yeah. yeah. How to be like, or not like him. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not a great, that's not a great note. <laughs> but if it's also coming from the friend who wrote it supposedly, or somebody who is just trying to give him advice be like, okay. So like Jason, for example, then like he would write it down. Although I was, he was, uh, the, I thought he was going to be a big part of the episode because they had him shirtless on a tractor. Uh-huh. And he said he was from San Jose. Was he from San Jose, California or from San Jose somewhere else? <laughs> You're asking <laughs> the wrong girl. If you expect me to know it. any other state besides California, <laughs> we're in big trouble. Also, there are farms in California. So you could be on there a are definitely farms in okay. California, <laughs> but I am from, I like grew up in San Jose and he was on like a hardcore farm and I, I grew up next to a Starbucks. So I was like, okay. I don't know where this guy, but then I'm looking at my notes now and I'm like, oh, Taylor, you might be an idiot. It might not be from San Jose, California, but because he was shirtless. Exactly on his tractor 
next to a Starbucks, I was like, oh, he's going to be like, I thought he was going to be like the Tyler C. And so it was a fun twist that it just like blew up in his face. But yeah, I agree. It wasn't, it's not like the smartest or uh, best look for them to be like, look, this was the one fake. We got him on night one. Like, okay. <laughs> Relax. I did enjoy the two firemen. That was really funny. Um, there was some good humor in this episode. I enjoyed seeing her, like one of her students was like, wow, you're going to kiss 30 guys. I mean, I guess if that's what you have to do to find your love, like it was very sweet. <laughs> it seems like the, it, a- it's going to be more lighthearted this season. So that's good. She has a fun, um, like little like vixen nature to her that I didn't really pick up on last season. She seems like a little sex kitten. There was some flirting she was doing that was like pretty aggressive. I was like, Michelle, you're making yeah. me nervous. I like it. I love, it's great. I thought it was hot when the guy was like spanking me with the ruler. I was like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, uh, you're a teacher and I used to be a student. I was like, great joke. Here's a ruler. Hit my ass. I'm like, A plus. Great night one. I love. Tasha and Caitlin watching and being like, oh, so this means he's a teacher. I was like, what the fuck? Why would you think that? That's such a weird comment from the peanut gallery. They're very fun. They're very cute. They do appear to be like those little old men Muppets up in the like theater seat. Who are those guys? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly who you're talking about. It is weird that they don't give them chairs that they just go like, okay, you have to like go in a bush and like pretend like you're like, why don't they just let them watch? Like, I don't know. They're going to talk to Michelle about it. It's I don't know if it's just like it's a cute like friend thing to have them peeking out from a window or peeking out from behind a bush. I'm like, this looks (laughs) uncomfortable. And they're literally supposed to be the commentators on all of this information. Give them give them a little balcony. Like, yeah, I feel like Chris Harrison used to walk up and be like, so how is that? Like he knew exactly what had happened. And they're like, no, you guys have to sit comically far away and strain to hear what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Chris Harrison wasn't in no tree. Okay. Chris Harrison literally was like, I'm in Video Village, like watching your conversation with the headset on. Like that was the vibe. (laughs) I I agree with you. Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. But yeah, I'm be excited for the season. No, no guys that stood out to me as like, ooh, this is my absolute dream boat. But she seemed to make some positive connections thus far. So yeah, for sure. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Okay. Part two of the Super Bowl. <laughs> uh, a lot of Erica stuff. And I will say so much of it was like just silly, like Chicago, the musical level bullshit to me. But then I will say I was watching it. And as I'm being so like critical and just like hating everything that's coming out of their mouths, all of a sudden the whole cast, like fully convinced me that Tom did have dementia. Did you feel that? Okay. They all got together. People are turning back in her favor after this episode I saw multiple Instagram accounts being like help me I believe Erica yeah yeah crazy I I mean okay so there's something shady going on between Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane and I've seen some vague I don't have time for this but like vague Rinna you know invested in EJ Global and they do business together. And that's why she's like defending her story. So there is some weird alliance happening there. And Rena was very quick to be like, my mom has dementia. And that's exactly how she is, which is like, why didn't she say that during the season when everyone was gossiping about Erica to defend her? Mm. Um, I don't know. 
I mean, it's not that I don't believe that he has dementia. It just doesn't make, again, it's Junior Soprano. It's like, yeah. <laughs> you murdered all these people. Then they tried to say you have dementia as like a defense in, in court. So you'll get less of a sentence. Then you shot your nephew and you were like, Katsada Moringa. And then you go to like the old folks home because you can't remember anything. I think those are yeah. separate issues. One has nothing to do with the other. So it's not a problem for me to believe that Tom now has dementia. Um, yeah. But, and anyone who speaks Italian, I'm so sorry. I'm just like <laughs> <laughs> randomly repeating what I heard on the Sopranos. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. What do you think? Were you like doubting that because it was part of his defense? No, I, I remember when that scene happened and I felt uncomfortable. And by the scene, I mean, when everybody went to Tom and Erica's house and Tom like kind of held court in the living room and like told a story about being on set in a movie in like the like 1880s or whenever the fuck he was young. And right. It, I remember being uncomfortable during that scene because I thought people were kind of like placating him in a way that made me feel weird. I thought it felt a little bit like, here's this cute old man telling us a story. Like even Garcelle going, wow, you're really good at telling stories felt like kind of a weirdly sweetly, but weirdly condescending to me. Um, and I was like, oh, they're all, I, and, and because of that, I gleaned that the vibe in the room was he's so, so old. He can only yeah. have this kind of conversation. And yeah. that was the reality that the ladies were in. And then to have it used uh, in the opposite way this past year and people going, oh my God, when, when we, last time we saw him on the show, he was just firing on all cylinders. I was like, I don't really remember it that way. Mm, yeah. But even the cast was saying that even the cast was like, remember when we were with him and he was telling stories and he was like, he was so lively and he was so great. I was like, wow, I guess I had a misread of that scene. I just like really did not feel like somebody who was quote unquote firing on all cylinders. So then I guess I just felt very justified in this conversation when uh, they were finally like, you know what, looking back, he was just telling a story he was very charming while he was telling the story right. but the story could have been told to anybody he didn't really have one-on-one -on -one interactions with us he didn't know our names or, or say our names like the and then the fan comment that Andy read about like you know there's sort of a vacancy behind his eyes like he's kind of on autopilot like telling the story all of that just seemed to really click for me and it's not that that really moves the needle in terms of Erica's overall defense but I think it does give it puts more, it makes you a little bit more empathetic to like, okay, well then in recent years, the marriage might've been a lot more complicated or a lot, a lot more difficult than one would have imagined. So that, like that, just that one argument gets some validity. Um, but for the most part, I'm still like, but he's still a criminal. It seems like he kind of knew that though. Yeah. It's a little like when people get really wasted and then they get on camera like saying something racist and they're like I was drunk and it's like I've been drunk so many times and it's never made me racist you know yeah. so like you I don't think you can be like I had dementia so I stole all this money from these victims like it's the same type of logic where you're like I feel bad that you weren't with all your faculties but also like those things are not connected in any way. I'm pretty sure a lot of people have dementia and they don't steal money from victims. So yeah. Um, what, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, so Erica is very much saying that this man had tons of people around him and sh she was not allowed to know 
anything. And also that she handed her paychecks over to him, which is like so fucking crazy to me. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? I I know. I think that that's so hard to believe, but at the same time with the amount of money, I can't even put myself mentally in the shoes that she's in for the amount of money that they supposedly had, or she thought they had at that time and the lifestyle they were living. Um, but it had to be a huge difference between the checks she was getting and the money she was spending, you know? So like, even if she's getting paid a big amount for real housewives, if she's still spending on his credit card, supposedly four times that amount of money, then I absolutely can see her being like, here, take this, like this, this is like, you know, a drop in the pan, a drop in the bucket. Um, I also just have a hard time believing, like she keeps saying, where was I going to go? Like, I didn't have any resources, blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, yes, but at some point you were given, I mean, I guess it's all credit cards. I just am like, why didn't you squirrel some of that away when you saw his mistresses? Like, why didn't you make up some excuse to buy something and then keep the cash and like do that over time? Like people do that. Yeah. I, I wonder if she did. Cause she said she couldn't tell how she got the money to finally move out. I wonder if mm-hmm. she did that. I also think what nobody is saying is that there is a very, you know, there's a distinct possibility she could have been waiting for him to die. Right. Like that's the thing. If, if, if his health was deteriorating as fast and as bad as she said it was, and she was legally fully married to him. Yeah. Like, I wonder if she was just waiting if that's a big part of it. Um, because they also were living such separate lives that, I, I wonder if she was just biting the bullet. Also, she did make a reference. She's not arguing this enough, or maybe if she did, it is, it would be like a dead horse, but she married him so young and has been living with him for so, so long that I think that's something too, where it's not so much like, where would I go just like logistically, but being like, you don't know what it's like. Like, I've just been living like this for decades and I'm so scared. The only thing I know um, is from when I was like 26 and broke and like really down and out. And like the, it just is a tough pill to swallow any, anything between the, these two extremes. And like that just being a hard process to start Not not that that's an excuse, but that that just like contextualizes it a little bit more for me. Um, uh, but I don't, yeah, she had to be squirreling stuff to, away at some point. Um, like but even I just don't. sell your shoes. He doesn't keep track of your fucking shoes. He doesn't know how many shoes you have. Like go sell them on Depop or something. Sell your shoes. I just, yeah. even two of those shoes could get you an apartment. And also I think what she's not saying and why she's not saying it is that I think she has another sugar daddy who was friends yeah. with Tom, which we've talked about. And I think that's how she moved out of that fucking house. Yeah, and I don't I think, think so that too. she was like, I think either she even if she never cheated, which I don't believe, I think she was probably like had a couple guys on a string in the background emotionally and then was like, please help me. And then mm. probably hooked up with them. Mm. It's mm. also weird to be like, I'm not getting any dick. And then to be like, was I faithful? Uh, yeah. Until no. I like, you know, it's like, well, then you're clearly getting dick from somewhere. Like this is, yeah. these stories once again, don't line up. I love that you said that it was like, she was on in Chicago I, the, the Andy questioning her with like the one word answers that were so like, wait, like so animated reminded me of, okay. You remember when we watched four Christmases and there's that one scene with, um, what's her face from Eastbound and down that actress and, um, John Favreau and they're playing charades (laughs) and it's just like, 
like all deeply personal clues and he can get them just so quickly with one word. That's how I felt the vibe was between Erica and Andy. Sorry if no one's, we should find a clip of that. If nobody's ever seen Four Christmases, it's the best Christmas movie that's ever been made. I'm just saying. Oh my God. No, that is, that is precisely it. Um, what do you think their relationship is? Like, I am so curious about Andy and Erica's communication before, during, and after this reunion. Like, she doesn't seem that mad at him, but also it's just like so prickly. Like, what's the vibe? I think that Andy knows what makes a good show. And I think that he has interacted with way nastier people than Erica before on, Mm. on the Housewives franchise. Like, there are some really... I mean, he went toe to toe with Kelly Dodd, you know, like mm-hmm. he's had people tell him to his face that like he does. They don't think that he should ever be able to get married, you know, like he's had some really fucked up conversations and kept his composure. And I think for him, I think he's probably like a little bit dead inside and he should be because he needs to interact with these fucking sociopaths like 24 <laughs> seven and keep them in his good graces so he can get like get them to make mistakes on camera and give good stories. And so I think that they, I think Erica's team negotiated a raise for her next season. I think everyone knows that the reason why people are watching is solely because of her at this point. And I think Erica in her mind is like, I am going to, no matter what I do, I win here. Cause if I'm dramatic, that makes me more valuable. No one, they're not going to fire me. Um, if I, if I get to tell my story and I change some people's minds, then that's helpful. And I'm like thankful to Andy for like helping me facilitate that. There's just really a no lose situation for anyone between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. There's definitely like the stakes are just a little bit, the knife is a little dulled because of that, because there's just like no way she's not coming back and they need each other. So it's not that bad. Absolutely. Wow. Did anything else even happen on this episode? (laughs) Um, Harry Styles watches Beverly Hills, which makes me so uh, happy. Yeah. I love that for him. Love that. And Dorit being like that. It's just the most wonderful news of my life. <laughs> also like fucking Andy yawning in the middle of Dorit talking was amazing. And I feel like Dorit's star has sort of taken a dive this season. Like there was one point even during the season where, uh, like Sutton told Dorit to be quiet. And I was like, whoa, that is a power imbalance. Like I would yeah. not allow that to stand if I was Dorit. It just seems like everyone is so fucking annoyed with Dorit. And honestly, she probably should have just like come forth with her, you know, crimes that she did with PK because it would have made her into the Erica of the show. And instead they decided to like suck on an Altoid and be like, what do you mean? And move on. <laughs> you imagine being like bummed out that you like solved your legal problems <laughs> uh, being like I just wish it was imploding more on national tv that would be I'm so just good saying, for like, us she got chased in a bikini on camera when they were on vacation by that guy who or by that woman who was like you owe my friend thirty thousand dollars like I, you know maybe you don't hide that yeah. next time maybe bring your problems to the show Dorit yeah bring them to the table we want to eat them up uh, um Okay. I have questions about Vanderpump. Okay. Uh, I am not judging, but like Ariana was rolling, right? (laughs) I think think that, I think they like did her dirty because there's, I think her, both her and Tom 
We're clearly on Molly and they had a uh-huh. very sweet conversation, mm-hmm. but like the sweet conversations <laughs> one has when one is on Molly. And so I was yeah. like, I was really shocked. And it's not like there was anything else, you know, cause there's something, you know, so innocent about the event in that it was just the cast and like, it was really well lit and they were all, it's not like they were like sloppy and doing anything really crazy, but they just like cut to the two of them having a conversation that was so evidently drug fueled. And I was like, <laughs> If I was Ariana, I would be like a little bummed out. But then at the same time, I'm like, did you guys all decide to take Molly while you were shooting the scene? Like, I okay, I hear this and I raise you. They have done Molly on camera before in Mexico. Do you remember when they went to that oh, bar in Mexico no. and like Stassi didn't want to go up on that platform to dance with everybody because she was afraid of that. Like she didn't feel good. And she didn't want people looking up her dress and she was wearing Spanx. And then like, uh, Kristen had like the light gloves on and Ariana was like, I'm blacking out. Do you remember that party? Uh, and like Lala was like twerking and like everyone was putting their face in her ass. They definitely were rolling all of oh, them wow. at the party. And James so was DJing just, for wow. sure. They've for sure been on Molly before on this show. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I just was so, I just, uh, you know, watching it on like a weekday afternoon, I was like, holy shit, this is very, this is, I'm just up in her face. Well, she's like clearly rolling. I will also say as much as I've like, I had initially knocked how unromantic Coachella was. I, when Ariana started to talk about how romantic it is for her and Tom, I like started to roll my eyes. I was like, how much can we keep hearing about these couples? Think that Coachella is like the height of romance. But then she was like, and then I was at a concert with Tom and he said, do you want to go on my shoulders? And I was like, um, (laughs) yes. And like, has like a tear in her eye. And then I remembered that when we saw Kanye at Coachella, Tony put me on his shoulder and I remember being like, this is the love of my life. Like Aww. what a provider. He cares about my experience. He's so sweet. Like this is probably so uncomfortable for him. And I once again ate my hat. So like Vanderpump, he was giving me whiplash of being like super judgmental. And then I'll be like, you know what? They're right. That is, that is the height of romance. Okay. I have to tell you, first of all, that I did not, now that you tell me that she was on Molly, I was like, yes, she was on Molly. But when I was watching it, I was like, this is so sweet. They're being so nice to each other. (laughs) That was not a thought in my mind, but totally. That's like how people are when they're rolling. They're like, I just love, I just have to tell you how much I love you. And no one is like that normally. Yeah. Second of all, I am like everything she was describing about Tom Sandoval. I couldn't be the more opposite. She was like, he was just so down to go in the middle of the crowd. I would have been like he was so down to leave early and go to sleep (laughs) and that's when I knew we were made for each other was when we didn't want to be in the middle of the crowd when we stood on the outskirts and we just watched like the red hot chili peppers from the very back of Coachella and had a great (laughs) time when I knew (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah that's true yeah everybody has to find their own their own other half and yes Mm -hmm. elbowing your way to the front no thank you no 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 um okay I have to say Tom Sandoval of all I was a little bit like upset that they had such an elaborate proposal and I was like why aren't someone gonna spend like you know more money on me and then I (laughs) heard that he spent $25,000 and I was like holy shit I would be so mad Mike spent the perfect amount of money on me so yeah I was like they're they're saving for a restaurant it's also not your proposal (laughs) like I think it's so but if Mike came to me and was like can you give me thousands upon thousands of dollars (laughs) for my proposal to Alyssa I'd be like I love you I love Alyssa 
I'll help out a little bit, but I, I'm not going to give you <laughs> like $15,000. Like, I'm not going to do that for your proposal, for your proposal. Like that's literally a wedding budget. Like I, it's so bonkers. And I, yeah. I don't, I'm very fascinated with like how Tom and Ariana talk about their finances. Cause the way she talked about like, quote unquote, splitting the house made no sense. And so clearly they've got like something worked out, but man, would I be pissed off if I was Ariana or, or Tom or Schwartz. Um, so it's, it's a, it's, yeah, it seems very peculiar, but they're doing it. I wonder how much the show forked over. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it seems like, I, those are the big questions, right? I have no idea how Bravo, because they want it to look great, but it also looks funny if it's shitty, you know? So I'm not so sure that they would hand it over to make it look spectacular because as we've seen, like on Summer House, you know, romantic gestures that are that are low budget are also very funny. funny. So, um, mm-hmm. and then uh, Raquel's ring costs a hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> like, yeah, what are you guys, if. you guys are living in an apartment and you spent a hundred thousand dollars on a ring. Like, no, I don't think so. No, do you see? They were on Watch What Happens Live afterwards, and Andy was like, "Did you uh, like exaggerate that at all?" And then he was like, "It's a really expensive ring, Andy. It's maybe not a hundred thousand dollars." But I could not. I hated James this episode. Oh my yeah. god. The like t- yelling at her when she should and shouldn't wear it and like not to ding it. Like, how is that? That's going to be your husband. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. Um, and like, I don't know that much about diamonds, but I'm pretty sure you get a Tiffany ring at a Tiffany and co. Am I wrong? Yeah, I don't. I didn't know what he was talking about. And I felt bad that she like called her mom and said, he bought me a Tiffany ring. And also you can't ding your diamond. It literally is like the strongest substance. Yeah, I've smacked my ring into so much shit and it looks great. Well, (laughs) clearly he got something made of Play-Doh from an alley in the Diamond District in downtown LA from his quote unquote guy. And then he put it in a Tiffany's box, which I think is so tacky. I would be so mad if somebody did that to me. Like the elation you would feel if you got a Tiffany's box and then you opened it and it, it also says Tiffany and co like engraved in every single ring. So you would be able to know right away. And I'd be like, why did you do that? You're a liar. Ew. Uh, I had a boyfriend give me a Tiffany and co box and I was so excited and I opened it and then it was a gag gift. There was just like a free <gasps> lanyard in it. That's horrible. Nobody would yeah. do that. Don't <laughs> know, do that. that. To women, we've been through enough. That's horrible. It was awful. And I went from being like, oh my God, I hope like he didn't just get something like ugly. I would hate if he like spent a lot of money on something ugly and because I'm going to wear this, but I hope it's something great. Like my inner monologue was like such a roller coaster. And then I opened it and he was like, isn't this funny? And I was like, oh, okay, this is not funny. Where'd oh, you get does the that work in comedy professionally or no? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say no. If I had to guess, it'd be a no. Okay. No, anyway, one of the non-professional comedians. Tony's very funny and he would never fucking do that to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know that for sure. Preach. Preach. (laughs) Um, uh, All right. Should we talk about am I forgetting anything on Vanderpump or should we get into Salt Lake City? Mm, Let's talk about Salt Lake City. I when I was in Thailand, tried to do that fish spa. And I could not do it. I wanted to so badly because for the experience, it's not like it was on my to-do list, like must fly to Thailand and must get my feet eaten by fish. But Mm -hmm, we were mm -hmm. walking around, uh, I think we were in Chiang Mai and there was, and they were 
kind of all over the place. And mm. Tony was like, I'm very down to try this if you are. And I could not be in the water for more than a millisecond. I was so terrified. It's really mm-hmm. unsettling to look at. I, and Tony did it longer than me. Uh, I think I have a video of it that I could post. It's not great quality for some reason, but it is, it is really, 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 really terrifying. <laughs> if somebody out there has had a better experience doing it, I would love to hear about it, but I just like could not get over watching that scene. In this I have the same question that I have for mud baths, which is how do they clean it? You know, like you mm. have to imagine people are just dunking their yucky feet in there all day. And the same fish are kissing your little feet that are kissing their feet. I would imagine they don't <laughs> drain kissing. the water every time. <laughs> like, no, that seems like a lot of bacteria is being shared. I just don't need it, you know, but I'm also not a big fan of pedicures. So like, this is just not my area whatsoever. No, me neither. But I do them almost as like a medical necessity, right. like just to get like calluses and stuff off my feet. And those hard, shitty sponges seem to do a great job. And yeah. that's what the fish have been asked to do. Um, and it also means that they're eating your skin and then they're just pooping it out. So it's like fish skin <laughs> poop in the water. That's like Ew. what's so gross about it. If you've ever had like a staph infection from this, please DM us. I would like to know. <laughs> uh, Whitney breaking the fourth wall and like eyeing the crew during Lisa's like bullshit is everything to me. That's a fourth wall break that I love. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. I I felt like she was right on and Lisa and then Lisa just played right into her hands acting the same exact way that she laid out in the previous episode when she's caught in a lie. Yeah. The idea that you would think that caterers would just randomly come up to your table and be like, so crazy what Angie's doing, right? And nobody would be like, what's going on is just too dumb for me. Like you have to be better. You have to manipulate people in a in a less obvious way. Yeah, it was very, very bad. Yeah, and for Winnie to be like, you're fucking staging this whole thing. It's bullshit. Again, why she also eyed the crew to be like, this is so dumb, you guys. Like, (laughs) our show's better than this. I also had a question. I thought Lisa Barlow didn't drink alcohol because she's Mormon. Um, No, she, but remember she has her tequila company. Yeah, I thought that the whole thing was like, she has a tequila company, but she doesn't drink it, but it's fine because she is successful. Oh, interesting. I remember her being, I I remember her being like, this is the thing that we, we imbibe, but maybe I'm wrong. No, I don't know. I was just confused by it, but clearly they do imbibe. So maybe I just misremembered. Yeah, they did like Um, a gin tasting and I love gin, but just straight gin tasting is like a lot to do, especially during a confrontational conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, I really enjoyed, uh, once again, we have the sex talk happening between Heather and her 18 year old daughter who's about to go to UCSB. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, Mm -mm. bro, she's done stuff. Like, you don't have to explain it. Yeah, she should probably give you the sex talk. Yeah, honestly. (laughs) Um, She comes back from UCSB and she's like, here's some tricks I learned, mom. I loved the, <laughs> I loved the story about like, we had this cat named Stormy and Stormy got out and clearly Stormy was involved in some kind of crazy cat orgy. And then I, you know, Stormy got pregnant and I showed, I, I told my girls Stormy never went out again. See, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's just Stormy never went out again. It's Stormy just- never went out into the world again after getting fucked metaphorically and literally. 
very, <laughs> very good way to teach your kids. What's up? Uh, she's endlessly great. I think she's just so phenomenal. Yeah, um, absolutely. I feel weird when Mary tries to open up about like the struggles in her marriage mm-hmm. and I feel bad about feeling weird about it. Um, cause I, I think I talk a lot about how I think people have, um, you know, atypical or non-traditional family structures and relationships. And it's good to see mm-hmm. on TV, but at the end of the day, she also married her step grandpa and I don't know how like, okay, I am with that being super normalized. Uh, but it, it just makes me feel strange. I honestly think they, that she has had sex one time in her life and it was when they had her son. And then it's also weird to me that, okay, so she's the whole vibe around her is bizarre. Like, I'm sorry. We just have to say it like the whole, like, I was so glad when he wasn't here for a year. Imagine not seeing the person you're married to for an entire pandemic. Insane. The whole like short grain versus long grain rice conversation about how she likes the long grain. He brings her the short grain. I can't even tell the difference between grains. I feel like you need more things to focus on. I don't know. But the weirdest thing to me is that they still, the the girls on the show still listen to Mary's advice as if she's some like really insightful life coach type figure. And I like, if, if she is on the other hand saying like my grandpa husband, literally, I don't (laughs) want to be around him and I want to change every single thing about him. And I want to leave why am I ever listening to any advice you give about my relationships? Like, that's my yeah. big question. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but that's what I'm I'm like, there's, there's shouldn't be this, like, <laughs> I get the wanting to be like inclusive and fair to marry, but then I'm also just going, am I taking crazy pills that this person is operating <laughs> on the same level as these other marriages that have like just seemingly more relatable issues and just relationships in the first place? Like it just is a weird balance that they're striking. I just keep reminding myself when she's talking about her husband, that it is her step-grandpa. It's like, Ooh, I don't know, but yeah, that's it's a really tough. good point. How are you taking advice from this woman? What, 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 cause she's the closest to God. <laughs> is that why? Maybe. Or maybe because they have to, because the show is clearly like Mary's a good investment. And at some point, like all her shit is going to blow up and we're going to be there to see it. So just like play nice with her so we can keep her around. I feel like that's what it is. And Meredith's Ooh. like, well, let's play tennis. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's play tennis. Yeah. And then we had this insane sister wife conversation between Jenny and her, which I fully was like, this is an editing trick. They're Agreed. Just, I thought go, the same thing. Haha, just kidding. And I was shocked watching him be like, I'm dead serious. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. Same thing. I was like, they're going to do a, it's going to be a bit. And it wasn't. And then it cuts to him being like, so my dad had three wives and they all got along great. And he had a bunch of kids. And I was like, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. This is what we thought would happen when we were told we were getting a real housewives of Salt Lake city. And it's happening in a real way. Uh, really, really awful. I mean, Jeannie's story, Jenny's story, right. Um, Mm -hmm. is so, sad it's so heartbreaking like the loss of her kids like she's had so many miscarriages she had like just really really had just such a heartbreaking 
uh, experience and then to follow it up with, well, then why don't we, why don't we just like throw another teammate in the mix and have them do it instead of you is I just, I would feel so kicked while I was down. Um, in such a terrible way. Absolutely. Uh, I, it's so funny too, cause you can hear him doing the thing that some guys do where they're like, they're like, logically, I'm trying to help you here. So like he goes, you don't want to have a baby. You don't want to have a surrogate, have a baby. You don't want to adopt a baby. All right. I'm all out of options. Guess we got to bring in a sister wife. <laughs> like that just is uh, the next step. And it's like, no, like no means no, I don't want to have any more children around to take care of. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, I and it would still be her responsibility too. I mean, that's how sister wives, everybody raises each other's kids. So it's not yeah. like he just goes and has another kid. That's not uh, at least partially her responsibility. She went on watch what happens live afterwards. And she just basically was like, it's that's very normal. Like a lot of people do that in our world. And you know, I, that was the first time he brought it up, but I was surprised, but like, it's not the first time I've ever heard of it. And I was like, Oh my God. I feel so bad for this lady. There's also, I will say, you know, I don't know how true this is. There's a TikTok going around that's allegedly from her niece. Have you seen this? No. Okay. So there's a TikTok of a girl who, you know, a younger woman who says she's Jenny's niece. And she's basically saying like Jenny has threatened to sue her parents multiple times and like put them in prison and she's just assassinating Jenny's character and saying like this is some big sob story for the show um but actually she's like a really nasty person and I'm like oh boy the internet drama I don't know if if that's the case then get the get the niece on the show you know like I I kind of feel like it's too stressful to go down like all the internet rabbit holes and I'm like the show is canon and then like unless Andy reports it then I don't I I, <laughs> I dismiss then I can't fuck with it yeah 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 this makes sense um wait before we wrap up let's touch on the premiere of Winter House oh and then yes we're doing a we'll do a deep dive on it next week because we have a really fun interview and we're going to talk about the first two episodes and like what, what we're feeling from winter house, but just very quickly, what were your initial thoughts? It's just shocking. I like, first of all, the fact that Craig starts this journey out with a girlfriend that's not at the house is just like so juicy. I can't wait to see how this pans out. I don't know how Paige and Craig are together. I love Paige so much. And I've watched all of summer house and I don't know how she thought like, oh yeah, the height of like who I wanted to be with because she's had problems with other boyfriends is Craig, which is insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing that's happening and I can't wait to watch it play out is like three girls going after Austin, which is insane. And I love that they've already set up just like a little bit at the end. Lindsay is doing her thing where she's like, I'm his best friend. No, he's my best friend. He's my best friend. Mm-hmm. He's my best friend. And then mm-hmm. she's like, I'm in love with you. <laughs> like in the preview, she mm-hmm. is the Sheena of the show. And except for she's older than Sheena. And I'm like, you cannot keep doing this as a woman in her mid thirties who wants to get married and have kids. Like you just can't act like you're in the wings and you're just like the guy's girl. And then you just want to fuck. And like, it's all going to work out for you. How many times has this gone wrong? But I love to watch it. I was shocked to see the like extra footage of uh, her talking to Austin on the phone after the weird PowerPoint thing from last season of Summer House. I was like, this is like, this is crazy, like behind the scenes hidden footage. I was really shocked by that. (laughs) Yeah, Um, absolutely. 
I was very, I was like, I don't even, it's not even like a Kyle and Amanda thing, but I was pretty pissed off when Gabby tried to take the big room at first, this like new mm-hmm. girl coming in being like, I'm going to take the new room. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm the, per- I'm a stickler about like room politics on a, on a trip like that. I'm going to be the asshole. That's like, no, we don't know who you are, Gabby. You're <laughs> not getting the suite. Who the fuck are you? And to see the two boys, the two like sort of outsider boys of Southern charm being like, oh man, do you see that new girl trying to get the big room? Like that shit's nuts. Like even they knew it was wrong. Luckily she gave it up very quickly. But while it was happening, I was like, I cannot believe this injustice. I don't love it. And in general, this Gabby girl seems like she is uh, such a pot stirrer. Yeah. This is, a, this is also going to be sort of a, a, a very good drama, drama season, I think. Yeah, also, she's beautiful. Can I say something on a somewhat, I mean, it is a serious note. It's not a somewhat serious note. I like really need to get different body types on this show. I mm-hmm. think it's really, it is too many people who are a size zero. And if we're going to keep having parties where they're in bikinis, I, I just like literally everybody is so thin and that's I like fine. If you also have people who look different, I would like, I would like just like more body types on this show. This show um, is basically sponsored by Barry's bootcamp. <laughs> yeah, I guess clearly it's just like, really, really, it's just, I, I don't know why it's standing out for me most in the show. It might seem foolish. Cause I know a lot of shows, including what we were just talking about, like the bachelorette and stuff like that. But it just, it seemed, it seemed really in my face this episode where I was just like, Oh my God, everybody is exactly the same size. And it just, yeah. it's a little overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we do have Austin, who is definitely not a size zero, but <laughs> I sorry, you're like, can we be more body inclusive? And I immediately <laughs> body shame the worst guy in the house. No, I mean, I hear you. And I think like uh, it's unfortunate that also like Julia or this other new girl, whatever her name is, is like a thin blonde girl that's coming in as well. It would be nice yeah. to see some more people who had different body representation for sure but like also these people suck you know yeah and I, it's yeah. like I don't uh, I don't know that's just <laughs> the whole vibe of the show it's like nothing that I would ever want to be around like I don't want to be in that party with the pinata with like nine of my friends like probably doing coke like in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon like that's just I don't know Not so is it aspirational not necessarily to me and that's maybe like the only saving grace in the same way winter that like House. Vanderpump is not aspirational yeah I like winter house brought to you by uh coke and Barry's boot camp yes mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's what it is um well, fierce. Uh, what a what an amazing, just like full of little reality week. And then uh, next week, like I said, we have like a cool. We're gonna do like a bigger dive on Winter House because I know that that's like such an apex of Bravo fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's much to discuss. But oh, will you give everybody a quick update on your boot? Oh, my boot. I mean, I will tell you guys that I am a combo of Robin and Giselle from Potomac this week. <laughs> it's a period boot combo, but oh, um, wow. I have, uh, it's still going and my foot is still fucked up and I have a doctor's appointment next week. So I'll, I'll give you the real update on like what we're looking at long-term then I know you guys are all really concerned. Everybody's very worried to walk around. So still in the boot. All right. Well, fingers crossed. It's going to heal very fast. Um, And we'll talk to everybody next week. Have a safe weekend.